you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Right, welcome back, everyone. My name is Brandon Elliott, your host to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Super, super, super excited today about you know the legend that we have. Thankfully, I have the privilege to interview Mr. Daryl uh, Kukin. Am I yeah, Kukin? Yeah, too much for you. It's like the bird, right? Toucan Sam. It's Kukin. Okay, Kukin. <laughs> cool. So. Um, Man, thank you for, for joining. I, I appreciate it. You're, you're very welcome, man. I'm, I'm humbled to be here. I appreciate it, Brandon. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, yeah. So, so I mean, you are seriously a legend in San Diego here. You've literally dibble-dabbled into everything um, by doing um, fix and flips, mastering that, partnerships. Um, you know, you got education, from my understanding, from Renatus, um, as well as... Yes um ground up construction uh wholesaling buying holds uh what seller financing you've done it all right done it all subject to right yeah yeah and at the same time you've also built up a uh uh san diego investors club meetup that you guys meet up once a month we do we meet on the first thursday of every month it's the uh, san diego investment club it's pretty simple you can google it right yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, I mean, it, it's it's definitely an honor to have you on here. I'm super thankful for the nuggets that you're about to drop. Uh, do you mind just digging deeper a little bit into, you know, who you are exactly and um, giving a little bit more history into what you've done? Absolutely. You know, um, for those of you who don't know my story, uh, you know, I come from a pretty humble background, a very loving family. And it was a family that didn't really push me to go to college, right? They didn't really tell me to go get that degree so I can go get a nine to five job so I can, you know, retire on 40% of my income. It just wasn't in, it just wasn't in the family tradition, I, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But they were very supportive, you know, and uh, even early on coming out of high school, um, I was able to get a couple of mediocre jobs, right? I worked for Subway, um, I think I even worked for Taco Bell at some point, right? Uh, worked at grocery stores. And then uh, I was kind of, kind of fell in my lap, uh, ended up working at an apartment complex. And, and that happened because early on in my life, right? Uh, I ended up meeting my wife. She's a, uh, my ex-wife and, and she graduated with a psychology degree. So here's kind of a kid coming out of high school, didn't really have direction in his life, but then, you know, meet this gorgeous woman who's got a psychology degree that could maybe push me to go other places. Now, that's not really what I had in mind in the beginning, but we clicked, right? Uh, early on, we started having uh, kids. And when I landed in, the, uh, in this apartment um, job, I was, the ma- I was one of the maintenance guys. So I was the guy that you would call at three o'clock in the morning when you're ta- toilet clogged, right? Yeah. So here I am coming out of bed, three o'clock in the morning, coming over to your house, you know, doing the, doing the, the thing that unclogs your toilet, right? <laughs> um, that, uh, that lasted, well, it, it lasted because it did. I mean, that, that's just, that was my 
job. Uh -huh. um, and I kind of fell into that job. You know, it was the guy that came over and our lights went out. I didn't even know what a breaker was at that point. So I called our maintenance guy and we clicked, he hit it off and he said, oh, Hey, you're looking for a job. And I said, sure. Why not? So he goes, I, I don't know anything about plumbing. I don't know anything about electrical. I don't know anything about maintenance. He goes, that's okay. I'll help you pass the test. So long story short, got a job there. Actually uh, liked it. Property management company I worked for. Um, we started having kids. And then a little bit later, we, uh, we ended up buying our first house. And this was a house that I grew up in, up in Tigard, Oregon. Okay. It was my grandmother's house. Well, she got in a little financial situation. So when I went to go get the loan, again, knowing nothing about real estate, uh, the loan was turned out to be a NAGAM loan, but I knew I could afford $450 a month, right? That was a really easy payment, even on the jobs that I had, right? That didn't really pay well. Um, so we bought our first house and then unfortunately my, yeah, what's that? Well, what year was that? Boy, that was, uh, 1990. Well, okay. So Avery was born in 1996. So probably 1998 Okay, was when we bought our first house. Yeah. And, uh, we moved in, things were great for about a year. Um, and then my wife got sick. She became uh, disabled with fibromyalgia. And so then I found myself working three jobs because I was working there during the day. She would be waitressing at night and it was good because we were able to raise our own kids. Mm -hmm. And when she became sick, I just ended up taking on three jobs, but I, I, it didn't last long, right? I, I couldn't take three jobs on and try to take care of a sick wife and new babies that we're having. So when I bought the house, I bought it for $127,000. About two years later, we ended up, or no, three years later, we ended up selling the house because our NAGAM loan went from like $450 a month to $1,450 a month, right? That's a big, big jump. Big so I thought at the time it was, it was called a short sale. I didn't know what a short sale was, but I thought it was a short sale because I don't know, because I was dumb at the time or just ignorant, I guess you could say. I didn't have the education. Or educated at the time. Right, right. I wasn't, I just didn't know. Well, it was pretty darn close to a short sale. It turns out I sold the house for 187. You know, that's a $60,000 spread. However, after uh, the banks took their fees and the lawyers took their fees, because I was in default, right? Uh, after the realtors got paid, I ended up walking away with a nice big fat $800 check. Well, that $800 check uh, was used for the U-Haul and gas to come down to uh, California. Yeah. And so in 2002, we moved to California. And we ended, I ended up living uh, in my grand, in my grand, my father-in-law's, my wife's at the time, her dad's house in Poway. Hmm. And uh, it was a very uncomfortable situation. But because I had the property management background, I was able to uh, pick my feet up and I found a job and I was able to get a free place to live along with uh, a salary. So good. I'm back on my feet. Things are going well. And then what happened was I saw the books on this apartment complex. It was over 500 units. Uh, right there in Rancho Penasquitos. Mm. And when I saw the bottom line number, I saw that this guy was making about a million dollars a year gross. And I thought, wait a minute, how could this be, this guy be making a million dollars a year? And I see him one time a year, which means he's got 364 days of vacation. He comes to the property one time a year just to make sure I'm doing my job, property management doing their job. And it, it it, it bothered me, but not to the point where it bothered me. It really got me curious. Like, how can I be this guy? Yeah. That's kind of when the light bulb started to click. Well, again, I wasn't educated. I didn't know any better and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So I had just started looking around the internet and trying to figure out, you know, how to get started in real estate. And I actually started with apartment complexes. Well, 
I found the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's kind of what changed my mindset, right? I realized, oh my gosh, there's another way to live life. There, there's investments. There's there's all these things that you can do and passive income and you know fix and flips and chunk money and those kinds of things. Uh-huh. So I got really excited. And when I got really excited, it was funny because I'm sure there was this sign that I, I, I missed over and over until I realized what I wanted. And then all of a sudden there's this yellow sign on the side of the road. It's a bandit sign. Yes. It said a real estate investor needs help, right? So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. So I give him a call thinking I can maybe intern or whatever. Well, it turns out that it was about education. And I, and I love that because I was now introduced to a place where I could be educated in, mm-hmm. in the right way. And uh, you did mention it's called Renatus. Yeah. And uh, at the time they had 24 classes. And so I started taking the fix and flip class. I started taking the negotiations class, the, uh, the buy and hold class and, and the tax and legal class and all these different classes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I immediately took action. And I started doing deals out in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, right? How, how far after you started the education process did you start taking action? I, I jumped right in. I probably about six months after it, I was learning about six months yeah. and then decided to jump in. Yeah. And these were properties that, that you know, they, I was taught to, to build a team, mm-hmm. uh, find a, a wholesaler, find contractors, find your escrow and title agents, uh, get yourself hooked up with a really good real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, and build your team out there. Yeah. And when I did that, we were able to find properties at 60,000. Uh, we're all in for like 60,000, right? We buy them for 40, uh, after closing everything, you know, put 15,000 into them, but we end up selling them for anywhere from 80 to $120,000. So again, we're all in for 60 to 80,000 maybe. And, uh, these are turnkey rentals. And what's funny is it, it's, it came back around cause that's kind of what we're doing right now. We'll talk about that in a minute, but um, yeah. So we'd buy, we'd fix, we'd tenant, we'd manage, and we'd sell these as a turnkey rental to passive income uh, investors. People may be using their IRAs to be able to invest in these for passive income. Yeah. So that worked out pretty good for a while. And then uh, within the community of Renatus, and, and we were all doing like a lot of deals, we'd help each other. And what, what was fun about that was, uh, you know, that's actually where I met my current business partner, Dr. Eamon Clark. Yeah. And uh, one of the, one of the components of, of one of the classes they have is your investor ID, which is a super class because I actually scored really high in short sales. Well, he did, he did as well. And when we met and decided to partner up, we decided to do not short sales, right? <laughs> we decided to go for the big money. We decided to go for what at that time was called bulk REOs. Well, it turned out to be uh, a unicorn it, at that time. They didn't really exist. So for six months, um, at that time, you know, I knew I was going to make a million bucks that year. So I quit my job and I went right for it. Well, that didn't happen either. I ended up going homeless again, right? Chasing my dream. I mean, we were doing well for a while, but after six months of no income and not reserve building that reserve account up, uh, yeah, it, it, it back down to my in-law's house, living in the middle of his floor on a blow up mattress with my kids on the couch all around us. Right. It was again, very humbling. It was not a good place to be, but it was definitely motivation. Yeah. And um, just to back up for just a second. So what made you guys actually decide when you started partnering together, not to go the wholesale route when you guys, you know, well, the wholesales on the short sale. Well, because we were chasing money. We were chasing the big money. What we thought was the easy way to go, the easy Uh money. Right. And it turned out it wasn't easy. It turned out it wasn't really real. 
And so at some point we just said, you know what, this is, this is dumb. We're doing the wrong things. We're both trained in short sales. This is exactly what we need to be doing. And so we just need two questions answered Two. Once we got those two questions answered, we went to work. When we went to work, our goal was to put 20 properties under contract in 30 days. Okay. So we did a little bit of marketing. Didn't have to do much back then. People were literally giving their houses away, right? Yeah. And uh, we ended up putting, I think, uh, 27 properties under contract in 30 days. Okay. And at that point, we had to cut the marketing off. We had to stop and focus on what we had. Yeah. Because if we didn't focus on what we had, we'd lose it. So we ended up moving forward with the short sales, and um, they take a while. That's really why we stood st- you know, we stood away from it. It was, it was, it's tough. Short sales aren't easy. It's a long process. And um, I mean, the pro, I shouldn't say that the process is simple, but it's just the negotiating with the, at the time it was, we could actually negotiate without being realtors or brokers. We could actually negotiate. And so we did. And uh, we were the ones negotiating the short sale packages together and doing the entire uh, process. Uh, We'd have it all in the pipeline, right? So we had, we had a bunch going at the same time. And once we ended up getting to our first deal. Um, and let me tell you about the first deal. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Our first deal was, uh, it was in Chula Vista. It had $800,000 in loans, right? It had a first lien and a second lien totaling $800,000. Uh, we ended up negotiating that deal and buying that property for $195,000. Now that is an insane discount. And this was still when the market was still going down. Of course. Right? The bank sent their appraisal out. It appraised for $300,000, but we still picked it up for the one ninety-five. And one of the reasons we were able to get even the discount off the appraisal is because we knew not only how to negotiate with the bank, but we were taught the insides of the bank's finances and how the banks work and why it was the best deal, why we were the best deal to take at the time, because we knew their asset ratios. We understood how that works. So after they cussed us out a few times and said, you know, you guys are investors. And we said, yeah, and you guys are going to buy it low and then you're going to sell it for a higher price. We said, yeah, uh, we're going to do that. In fact, you know this because we disclosed it all to you or full disclosure. Um, they asked how much we're going to resell it for. That's the one thing we didn't have to tell them. That's okay. Just know that we're going to make a profit. Uh, and the same thing with the buyers. Well, this is the fun thing is we picked it up for 195 we found a buyer, an all-cash buyer, to come in and, and buy it from us for two sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Now, was that all of our money? Do you think? I mean, do you think it, this is our very first deal? Do you think we had any money to buy the house? Yeah, no, no. money. No, <laughs> we used other people's money, right? But we were trained, and we had this deal so rock solid and so tight with all the paperwork that this investor decided to come in a hundred percent. We didn't even have to come in with a down payment. They came in a hundred percent. They financed the entire deal, and we sold the deal. Two hours later, after we purchased it, for through was it three hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars? No, no, two hundred and sixty. Yeah, two hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Uh-huh. So all said and done, after the closing costs and after the the lender made their fees, we ended up with a net check of fifty-six thousand dollars. So that was one of the highlights of my life, right? The struggle was, you know, my self-confidence and making and can this really happen and can this really work? Well. Once we closed our first deal, I knew it was possible. And, and I knew that we had like 26, 25 other properties right behind it. Yeah. And uh, that $56,000 check, you know, of course, was split at half with my business partner. But that's what got me back into uh, not being homeless, right? I was yeah. able to, and I put six months down of rent on a place because my credit was shot and because of this and that. But it allowed me to know that, that it's possible. Yeah. So that was, that was our very first deal. That was fun. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of confidence level there as well, along with, you know, you're not so crazy and, and it is actually working out. So that's awesome. Yeah, and it's funny because once it closed, you know, I thought I would just be overexcited and, and just overzealous about the whole thing. And you know what? It was like I knew that there was more. It was like, all right, good, done. Let's move on to the next one, right? Ooh, that's good. That's good. So we kept going and um, – and uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, we had several more. I mean, we've done over 400 deals today. Actually, I don't know, maybe even closer to five. I stopped counting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, from there, we started doing, because we did a few wholesales, right? Short sale wholesales. And then we progressed into doing our own fix and flips. And because I had the property management background, you know, I, I, during the apartment complex, when I used to work for those, we do 30 turns a month maintenance, paint, clean carpet, get the tenant in. They'd move out, maintenance, paint, clean carpet. And we'd do this 30 times a month. So I thought, you know, I had, I had pretty confidence that we could maintenance, paint, clean carpet a house, right? Pretty easy, fix and flip. So we negotiated some pretty stellar deals. Uh, the very first deal we went in on our, on our fix and flip, we had an, uh, we told the bank it was gonna be an $80,000 rehab. Although we didn't have to replace the kitchen. We just basically do some floors, painting. You know, we thought it'd be like 40 to 50 grand. Well, we had a pool issue, or we thought it was a pool, where we thought the pool kept leaking. So it was weeks and weeks and weeks, and a lot of money were thrown at this. Well, it turned out it did cost us 80000 but we knew on our first deal that we were going to fix and flip. We had had a huge spread that even if it did cost us 80000 we'd still make, I don't know, seventy or 80000 on the deal. Okay. Well, it actually turned out to be a sprinkler head that was leaking continuously that flooded the yard. It wasn't the pool at all. Yeah. We had divers in there doing, you know, yeah. dye, trying to figure out where this leak was. Yeah. Uh, so that was a little learning curve there. But uh, that was our very first fix and flip. I think we made like 60 or 70,000 on that one, maybe closer to 80. Wow. Um, let's see. What else? What else do you want to know? This is some great learning curves here. <laughs> right. You know, especially when it comes down to you think the whole time it's, uh, it's the pool situation. And then it turns out to be just a sprinkler, something simple. Um, something uh, simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you're going you're gonna to come across times where, you know, you uncover something that you didn't think was there. For example, I know it's a big deal and you, you should know this, but like a crack slab. You buy a house, you walk in, maybe as a foreclosure, you didn't realize this, right? You buy it as a foreclosure, you walk in, uh, and then you pull up the carpet and there's a big giant crack slab. Well, there's an additional, could be up to 30, 30 grand to fix something like that that you didn't really account for. So, yeah. you know, you got to do your due diligence. You got to do your walkthroughs. You got to be really careful about that if you can. Uh, you know, and then we progressed to bigger deals, right? It wasn't just the simple fix and flips, which we've done a lot of those too, $30,000 rehabs. Uh, we started doing room additions. We started adding square feet. You know, we, we were doing houses that were fire damaged. And from there, we progressed into what we're kind of doing now, which is new construction. Okay. In between doing these short sales and doing acquisitions over the last several years, uh, we were able to acquire properties via subject twos or seller financing, mm. right? Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know what a subject two is, it's basically where we're taking over the person's mortgage and they're deeding us the house. So we own the house, they own the mortgage, but there has to be a trust issue here, right? They have to be able to trust us to be able to write that check every month and pay the, pay the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Well, we were able to do that because we could turn around, fix it up a little bit and rent the place out. For example, in Escondido, we had one, uh, we took over a mortgage, it was 110000 had a $750 principal and interest and insurance payment and taxes, and we rented it out for 1500 a month. So we were cash flowing $700, $750 a month, and that's right here in San Diego. Yes. 
that's one way to cash flow in San Diego. It's kind of hard to do now. You can't just buy a house and cash flow. Yeah. Maybe you could, but it, no, it's pretty tough. When, when's um, the last time you've done a transaction like that? Or how many have you guys actually acquired in that? In some that way? Oh, I don't know. Tens could be up to 20, right? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So again, 110 uh, cash flowed for about a year. And then we sold it for 220 or 230, something like that. So we netted about 100,000 on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a really. Yeah, that's awesome. I love yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's one of the ways to cash flow in San Diego. I love that strategy too, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, people talk about where do I find the money? Well, in that situation, you did find the money, right? Yeah. The money is right at the bank. Yeah. You took over that person's mortgage. Mm -hmm. You just found the money. Yeah. So I love that. Now, have, have um, you ever come across the, because most contracts, um, most mortgages, that, that is, uh, has the clause in there, due, due on sale. Due on sale, yes. Yeah, so I know, it, you know, it's kind of, it's in the contract, but at the same time, if you're making the payments, it's kind of like one of those things that the, the banks typically, um, they don't ever, you know, uh, go forth in that way, but uh, has that ever come across to you guys in like a, with a concern or like a plan B just in case if that did happen? Well, as a plan B, I suppose, you know, it never really happened to us. We have heard about it happening to one person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in order for us to kind of avoid that kind of a, a transaction happening, yeah. what we personally did, and I'm not an attorney and here's, here's your disclosure, by the way, guys, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. Um, you know, you got to do your due diligence on everything and, and, uh, anything that you guys do is all up to you and it's all, it's all your fault if you lost, lost money and it's all your fault if you make money. So, um, <laughs> that's my disclosure. Don't knock so, on my door with any problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So don't blame me. Yeah. Um, but if you make money, I guess you can say, yeah, Hey, yeah, don't help me out. <laughs> so. <clears throat> but yeah, what we did is we actually, uh, we dropped pr prior to closing, prior to getting the deed to the property, we put the property into a trust. Okay. It's all the time, right? So after that happens, then we become the beneficiaries and the trustees of the trust. Mm -hmm. Now we're writing checks out of the trust and the bank is now receiving payments. And really there's no question, right? Yeah. They don't see an actual owner, the checks coming for you. So anyway, so that's, that's one way to, I'm not going to say get around it, but that's one way to have the banks not throw red flags up. Okay. However, there was a, a time where we were, I think it was a foreclosure was three days away. And in California, if you don't know this, that the banks have a right to say, no, we're not going to allow you to catch up on your payments if it's within five days of the foreclosure. Mm -hmm. They have that right. Yeah. But banks aren't in the business of, of real estate. They don't want to take the property back. Yeah, of course. Um, but we've heard of that sometimes too. Yeah. Hey, it's too late. Sorry. We're going to go ahead and continue with the foreclosure. Mm. Well, in this case, I think it was in Marietta, maybe somewhere in Temecula. Mm -hmm. um, we called the bank. We said, Hey, listen, we'd like to catch up on the payments and uh, bring the loan current and then continue making the payments. And they're like, okay, great. We understand it's, you know, we uh, understand that it's three days away. Are you going to allow this? They said, yes. As long as you bring a cashier's check in tomorrow, we'll go ahead and allow that. So we walk into the bank, we talk to the gentleman and he sees the owner there and then he sees us there. And he says, wait a minute. So are you guys investors? And we said, well, 
you know, we're not going to lie. We don't lie. <laughs> don't lie. But we're not going to we're not going to walk in and say, "Hey, we're investors." So when he asks us a question, we're going to answer it. He says, "Yeah." He goes, "So what are you going to do? Are you going to make up? Are you going to pay the back due payments, and then and then own the house, and then start paying us?" And we said, "Pretty much." Yeah. He says, "Great, let's go get it done." Right? Because okay. they yeah they don't they really don't want to take these houses. Like, yeah. So again, it's disclosure, right? We're not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, and it worked out. So good. But yeah. not it worked out because, you know, if, if it were to be the other way around, I would want to know that. Of course. And if you were to say, hey, well, well by the way, um, if you guys do this, we're going to do a do on sale and we're going to take the house back anyway. And of course, you know, we wouldn't do the deal. Yeah. So, you know, it's a good thing that, that we had that conversation. Anyway. Transparency, you know, communication and being upfront is very, very key to success. <laughs> it's very key to success. Right. Okay. So uh, you know, backtracking a little bit. So you started off doing uh, wholesales and then you found yourself um, doing a couple, uh, sorry, what is it? Um, like subject to, yeah. Subject twos and then, options, seller finance. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into the transition of um, doing ground up construction? Well, that was kind of organic, right? I mean, we didn't, some people can jump right into it, but it, there has to be a learning curve. And for us to just go jump into new construction, um, that would have been a pretty big leap. So getting in as a wholesaler, that's probably one of the easiest ways to start is to become a wholesaler. You get to understand contracts, you get to understand negotiating. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to understand how fix and flippers look at a wholesale contract on their numbers. Yeah. And so that's why we kind of transitioned into fix and flips. Okay. We were giving such great deals and such great spreads uh, to these investors. We're like, okay, we, we have to do this. We have to start. We're leaving money on the table. Yep. Right. Of so that's how we transitioned into fix and flips. And then uh, once into fix and flips and some buy and holds, um, we started buying property out in St. Louis, Missouri. We buy these little houses for 20, 30 grand. We put 10 to 20 into them and, you know, we're in them for a total of 40 grand. They rent for 800 a month. Yeah. So while we were doing that and acquiring those types of houses, um, we decided because of the inventory and, and what was happening in the current marketplace that we'd create our own inventory. It was hard lately for us to come in and buy a good deal or so good deals don't land in your lap, by the way, good deals are created. Yes. And in San Diego, we've actually ran the numbers and it's anywhere from eight to $13,000 in marketing to be able to acquire one house. That's going to give us the spread that we need. Well, we all know now people are way overpaying for these properties and they're working on such slim margins. Mm -hmm. You know, you got companies out there that are buying these things. And they're making $20,000 a house, but they're also spending $600,000 to do it. That's not in our books, right? That's way too thin of a margin. We, there's no way we would do something like that. So we had to figure out, we had to go with the mark. We got to follow the cheese, right? We got to go where the, where the cheese goes. We got to follow the, follow the money. Yeah. So we decided to start building new construction. And we realized uh, pretty soon that new construction in California was even difficult. Going through the city and permits and plans and it got really expensive really fast. I mean, we're talking, what, $16,000 for a water meter? Oh, come on. That's just wow. ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. So within our organization, within the network, uh, we'd met a gentleman who came from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, he was working on some other people's projects. In fact, he was you know, kind of working on some of our new builds as well. And he opened his mouth and he said, well, I used to build houses, new construction, and 
between the lot purchase and the and the purchase and the construction costs, you can build a house all in for about 270. They're selling for about 370,000. So okay, that's a pretty good spread. How long does that take? Mm, six months, give or take a couple of months. Wait, so you're saying I could build a house in six months and sell it and give the keys all within six months? And the answer was, yeah, actually you can. So <laughs> we sent him back over to Kansas City, right? Yeah. All right, we're gonna partner up. We're gonna, you know, we're, we're all gonna work together on this. We'll we'll raise the money. You know what you're doing on the construction side. You have your processes, your people, and uh, you know, let's make this happen. So. And we've done several of those already. You know, even some investors are coming in and they're funding 100%. We're going to 50 with them. And uh, they're making anywhere from 18 to 25% return on their investments. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't have to go get a hard money loan. So that we like that because we don't have monthly mortgage payments either. Okay. Um, you know, we're leaving a little on the table. We give more to the investor, but it's peace of mind, right? Uh, so that's kind of how we transitioned into, I guess, new construction. Um, and then while we were out there, we thought, you know, we need cash flow. So we looked into buying holds and we were looking in all different markets around the US and we settled on St. Louis, Missouri because it's a really good market. It's got good job growth, it's got uh, you know, steady income and it's got a pretty high uh, rent to income ratio. You know, uh, 40 grand for a house that rents for 750 a month. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good cap rate, 13% cap rates, right? Yeah, of course. So and, uh, yeah. when you say we, um, this is you and your partner, Imran? Yes. Okay. And you guys have just, you know, solidified that relationship and um, the partnership obviously has been going pretty swell. Going pretty good. Yeah. We opened our doors in 2009. Okay. And, uh, you know, six months after that is when we started doing the short sales. Okay. And, do, you mind, uh, do you mind talking about partnerships for a little bit? Because... Partnerships is something that I'm actually personally just getting into the position of starting to use other people's money and and uh, people want to partner up with me on a couple of deals that I'm working on in Ohio where I invest. But um, but I, you know it, it's uh, obviously in, in the game of real estate we are you know it's really a relationship business. So, it is. So that's what it really comes down to. But, um, I, you know, I'm just trying to wrap my head around different tactics uh, around um, around pulling off a, a good partnership because I've heard so many different things from different people that I do respect um, and, and look up to. But I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what would you recommend for partnerships? Well, there's several different partnerships. Yeah. So it depends on what you're talking about. Are you talking about a business partner? Mm -hmm. And if you do, you want to make sure that uh, you guys are defining roles. Yeah. One person might be on the marketing and acquisition side while the other person's on the, maybe the fix, you know, working with the contractors and the disposition side. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a lot that goes into business, right? It's not just fix and flipping houses. You're running a business, you know, you've got accounting, um, you've got your marketing, you've got acquisitions and, and, the fixing part and the disposition. And it's just, it's a whole network of things that you have to do as a business. It's not just as simple as buying a house. I suppose it could be, it really is as simple as buying a house, fixing a house and selling a house for profit. But there's a lot of stuff that goes into those three things, right? Um, so make sure that your, um, your alignments are with, you know, your goals, you got to set goals with each other. 
make sure that, you know, this is going to be the right partnership for you. And sometimes it's hard. I've had partners in the past before Imran and, uh, you know, we kind of jumped into it and they didn't really work out so well. Yeah. Um, not that there's any bad feelings. It just didn't work out. Right. My expectations weren't met. Yeah. Um, now if we're talking partnerships with, let's say money, right? Private money. Uh, that's a whole different ballgame. That's a different type of a partnership. You're going to, you're going to make sure, I mean, besides having an LLC and a partnership and your paperwork in, in order, it's the same kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of a trust and confidence that has to go into that as well. They have to understand, who you are and, and you're going to interview them just as much as they should, should be interviewing you. And uh, when you're partnering it, there's a lot of different things that could happen with that as well. It depends on how you want to do partnerships. Yeah. Uh, some people raise money to gap fund and they, they do hard money with a gap funder. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be a partnership. Some people like us, we like to go uh, in 50, 50 partners and uh, split the equity 50, 50, but they got to come all in. Right. Okay. So when it, when it comes down to, I guess, like the task that um, you guys are both bringing to the table, um, do you mind going over, I guess, uh, your role and Imran's role, um, I guess, brought to the table, as well as, you know, how detailed are you guys writing out these contracts? Well, we don't just write them out, right? We, we have attorneys that go over them. And, and that's definitely something you have to do. Right? Okay. And you can find these templates but definitely have the attorney look them over. Um, you know, we've had some that have been almost rewritten. The entire thing has been rewritten. We thought it was one way and, and our, our attorney advised us, no, this is the way it should be done. So of course we're going to take the advice of the attorney. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go to your attorney, right? For your partnership agreements. Cause one agreement isn't going to be the same for everybody. Right. Yeah. So you're going to want to have your own, depends on how you want to lay your terms out. Depends on how you want to handle the, uh, the split. Depends okay. on how you, you know, want to handle the timelines. So it really depends. And if somebody is just bringing money to the table now, would you recommend actually giving them like an equity position or if they're just money, just give them a strong return, almost like a guarantee on their money? We've done both. Right. We've actually, we've done all three and you only mentioned two, but there's three. You okay. could do a straight up, you know, eight to 10% return. Yep. You could do a, a full on 50, 50 equity partnership, which is what we like to do. Again, we avoid having that monthly mortgage payment. Okay. Um, or you could do a little bit of both. You could have them, you can give them a small return plus an equity position. So mm -hmm. there's really as different types. And this is why I say it really depends on who you're working with and how you want to structure your own deal. Cause every deal is different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you wouldn't mind, what, what kind of, uh, positions do you guys fill? What kind of tasks are you guys in charge of? Well, we just added another one. Uh, our manage our office manager slash a uh, bookkeeper. She, uh, she just got her forensic uh, accounting uh, degree. So she, uh, went to go get a higher paying job. Uh, yeah. She's been with us for five years. And so now, um, you know, you're not going to look at my desk, but there's a bunch of checks to be written, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a lot, right? So I'm doing a lot of the accounting. I'm doing the the marketing. Um, you know, we hold weekly meetings as well, along with our monthly meeting at the San Diego Investment Club. So I'm, I'm running the, those, the meetings for that. Yeah. And let's see what else. Imran's uh, pretty much handling the new construction here in California and the new construction out in 
Kansas City. Uh, I'm also handling the, the rentals. So I'm working with the property managers, managing the property managers that manage the rentals. Yeah. Um, boy, what else? Yeah, it, it goes pretty deep. So there's a lot to do. Okay. Now, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It does. I, I, I almost feel bad for you now with, uh, <laughs> with uh, you know, her leaving because I can, I can definitely, I feel the pain, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when it comes down to building a team, I know you and Imran are, are a powerhouse together, but, um, you know, do you have anybody else on the team or are, is that a goal of yours to start building up so you can start leveraging out? Yeah, that's a really good question. In fact, that is something that we had been struggling with in the past and that we're working on right now. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely leverage is yeah. the key, I think, to success. You know, sure. pay people well for a, a job well done. Yeah. And, and so, yes, we are implementing um, systems and leverage, right? Mm -hmm. So we're, we're to kind of have that with our teams out of state. Okay. Um, you know, we, we're constantly looking for volunteers for the club to help us out there. And yes, implementing people to, to help us do follow-up calls. There's a lot of follow-up calls to do. Yeah. whether it's for properties or for prospects, right? Okay. Um, so implementing that, implementing uh, other people to help set appointments, right? And uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're working with that, and that is a struggle, okay. uh, to be honest. Uh, that's one of, one of the biggest struggles I think we're going through right now is finding the right people to fill the right positions. And you know, I blame myself in some cases because it's hard for me to let go because nobody else is going to do a good job as I can. Right. However, that's not necessarily true. There's probably people out there that would do a better job, better job. tasks than I can do. Right. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a bookkeeper. Yeah. We got to go find a bookkeeper and accountant that can do the same job I can do, but in half the time. Yeah. Also, I, you know, from uh, seeing other mentors of mine, you know, really do well on the delegating and leveraging, uh, I've really noticed um, painting a vision into that, that, that person in particular, um, and and understanding that they could have a majority of just taking over the company, you know, one day or whatever the situation, and you just get a, a piece of it um, as it starts leveraging and getting bigger. I think I think that's very powerful to keep somebody around and uh, really maximize maximize their uh, strengths. Absolutely, maximize and and not just their strengths. I mean. You you know, we as investors, we have to maximize our own strengths. Of course. And, yeah. and, and leverage out our weaknesses for the people that are, are have the strengths in my weakness, right? Yeah. I think that's a really good way to, to start building a business. Yeah, that's great. So um, just going back a little bit, I mean, when it comes down to leads, I know you guys started off with, with wholesaling and that kind of, that, that jump started you into everything pretty much. Um, but you know, how do you guys come across leads now? I know at this point you have a great network of, of people as well as your name out there when it comes to <clears throat> how many members do you guys have at the investment club? Uh, 4, the club itself has over 3,500. Okay. Yeah. It's outrageous. Yeah. It's pretty big. Congratulations. That's cool. Well, thank um, you. Well, so to answer your question, I guess it's, it, you know, again, it just depends on what we're looking for. And we're not, we're not going after uh, fix and flips right now. Okay. However, we do have, we have a bunch of wholesalers on our list that sends us deals all the time, or let me rephrase that sends us what they think is opportunity at the same time. Right. 
Um, but a lot of stuff they're just throwing on the wall just to see if it sticks. Yeah. And some people do pay for what they're asking, but uh, what's funny is, is sometimes it comes back around. Uh, we have a, a, one of our contacts from the past that we used to work with, did a lot of deals with her. Uh, she came back and she actually has an opportunity for us that actually could work. So we're actually going to put it under contract and we are going to wholesale it out. We're going to wholesale it out with a number that actually could make sense. So if anybody wants a wholesale deal, they can always contact me, you know, at the end of the show, I'll give my, my phone number and my email address. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, it's, really, it's our connections. What's that? <laughs> I'm going to have to jump to it first. <laughs> you bet. I'll give it to you first. No worries. Yeah. No worries. But so, yeah, it does. It, it, it does. It comes down to um, our sphere of influence, right? We only hang around the, the people we want to hang around. Uh, the right people, the people that are going to help us and uplift us, and we just stay away from drama. Yeah. Um, we have a we have a really good uh, community uh, of other like-minded investors. So, yeah. Yeah. so also when you get yourself out there and you tell everybody, you know exactly what you do. Once once the mailman knows exactly what you're doing, and and everybody else, the pizza man. So it's like, you know, everybody, you pretty much create a bunch of bird dogs for you um, that. Any, you bet. Open your mouth. Your dog is um, any anybody out there that's listening. It, it's really somebody that is uh, looking for opportunities, looking for properties that could potentially turn into a deal. So um, have have eyes on the ground for you. Have eyes on the ground for you, and and open your mouth and tell everybody. Have your thirty second elevator pitch down to you know a T. Yeah, that's great. Let so when it comes know. down to you, just mentioned a, a moment ago about wholesalers uh, sending you anything um to you know that's me rewording it but uh <laughs> but I, i've i've come across this a lot and especially you know within the market that we are in right now i can understand to a certain degree but with your credibility your status um not to put you on a pedestal or anything but you know it do you ever like cut some people off like hey uh, you're you're almost wasting my time uh, yeah, we've deleted a lot of uh, a lot of those people, right? Okay. And, and if, let me just tell you a little bit about just a, like a, a looking down at the end of my thumb at a deal, right? Okay. A thirty-second way to find out if it's a deal worth pursuing or not. Yes. It's actually pretty simple. You take the acquisition price and you add fifteen percent of that acquisition price, and you throw that in the fire. So let's say a $400,000 house, you're gonna add 15% of that. So that's what, $60,000, right? That's gonna cover your realtor fees, your closing costs, your cost of money, um, right? All, all of your costs, all of your fees. So now we're up to 460. And then you add your uh, rehab cost in there. And then you add your profit. Okay. And that should be pretty close to what your exit price should be, Okay. Right? If they're thinking it's a $400,000 purchase, a $50,000 rehab with a 525 ARV, and if you do the math just that way, you already know it's not a good deal. Yeah. So there's 30 seconds, you can delete that email. Yeah, that's great. There's a nugget, there's a okay. nugget right there for you. I like that, I appreciate that, that's awesome. Usually I hear people talking about backtracking, but this is kind of going forward, but going forward. I, yeah, I like that. That's a, and it, it sounds on point, I gotta try this out. <laughs> Do the numbers. It's worked for us almost every time. Of course. Yeah. That's you great. Know, at least it gives you an idea of, okay, this kind of does fit the parameters. Let me look into this deal further. And then you can decide if you wanted to spend more time on it. Of course. Yeah. 
That makes sense. 93%, 95% of the time, we're deleting those emails after looking doing those numbers. Yeah. Now, like you said, with the, the one woman, that wholesaler that uh, you've worked with tons of times in the past. She's actually a realtor. Oh, a realtor. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, do you do you have those relationships built up with certain wholesalers or, I guess, realtors that um, – that you know when they send you a deal, like it is a deal and you don't need to worry too much about it? Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, we've got several of those. Most of them are out of state right now. Okay. Um, again, the, the, the wholesalers that we're working with in, locally here in San Diego, their um, you know, they're, they're numbers, because they can get the price that they're asking for. They just don't fit our particular criteria. Yeah. We're not going to delete those people because we know that we worked with them in the past and their numbers, you know, do work. But at this point in the marketplace and the time of the market, it, it, those numbers don't work for us now, but we do know that they know what they're doing and they're talking about. For example, um, when we used to wholesale deals, we wouldn't just throw a number out and tell them what the ARV is and what the rehab cost is and hope we get under contract. What we're going to do is up front, we're going to spend the money and we're going to actually get the place uh, professionally inspected. We're going to do a termite report. We might even do a mold report and we're going to gather everything as if we were to be fix and flipping ourselves. Yeah. We evaluate the deal like we're a fix and flipper. Okay. So once we have all this paperwork and we spent some money on it, we can then present it to the, bless you. Oh, thank you. you. <laughs> we can then send it to the fix and flipper as a wholesale deal. And there's no question. They've already got their reports. They've already got the inspections done. They already have the list of repairs done and the contractor's bid in place. Of course. They used to use the contractor we use, or oftentimes in the past, what we've done is we've actually shopped it. So they'll send us uh, the contractor's bid and we'll go shop it to two or three other contractors. Usually they're all right in line, yeah. right? And that's why we can trust these people. Okay. So a lot, of the, a lot of times that people actually started modeling their wholesale after how we were doing ours, because we were able to just to get a little bit more for it because we've already spent, you know, we want to get, we want to recoup some of those costs and uh, they know it's a solid deal. Yeah. They know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. That's a great tip for, you know, if you are going to wholesale to go that just a little above and beyond extra steps to really supply, you know, some great value to the, to the end buyer. That's great. Right. Take your contractor's list of repairs and take a video camera and run down the repairs and show people on the video camera each one of those lists, each one of those uh, line items. I love it, yeah, that's great. So speaking of contractors, this is something that I have personally struggled with uh, a good amount. I feel like it's a whole different breed. Well, but, I think everybody has. Yeah, everybody. So, so if you haven't jumped into real estate investing yet, welcome, and <laughs> this is something to look forward to. But my first project, I, it was, it should have been about a two month project and it got pushed back to a little over a year with uh, going through five wow. different contractors. Wow. Uh, yeah. So well, let me ask you, why do you think, what do you think the problem was? So um, <clears throat> possibly poor judgment. <laughs> also um, long, long range. There was, you know, investing in Ohio, I think because they knew that I was young, long distance, uh, and you know, out here in California, probably assuming that you know I have money or whatever the situation is. Um, right. You know, I, I think they just took advantage where they could, and um, yeah, just 
unfortunately, it was just some issues that uh, it probably should have went to court. But you know, I just I just wanted to keep it moving and take the learning curves. Right. Well, okay. So I, there's a there's a few things to that. First, um, setting expectations in the beginning. Uh, you definitely want somebody on your team that can manage the projects as they're going out there, especially out of state. Yeah, like boots on the ground. Yeah, you're gonna want feet on the ground. You're gonna want to you're gonna want to have that manager uh, report to you, and then the contractor report to the manager. And in a way, you're kind of hidden in the background. Like this, the 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 contractor may or may not really know who you are. Yeah, he just he just knows that this you know he's reporting to this one. Uh, your guy, right? That's on the, on the street. Make sure your contracts are in place. If they don't do a job by a certain time, uh, it's going to cost them a hundred dollars a day. Those yeah. kinds of things, right? Uh, don't pay them until they've done the job to completion. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, I, we did that a couple of times, right? That's a big no, no. They have to prove that that job was done to your satisfaction prior to you writing them that final check. Yep. Get lean releases, right? Cause you don't want them leaning the property because you know they didn't finish a job, but they still think that you owe them money. That's a great tip, and I, I I've read that several times in the past, and I actually until you brought this up right now, that's going to save me a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it will. You're very welcome. Right? I mean, you know, usually you pay maybe fifty percent up front, and then you tear it out as they go along. When they finish a job, maybe you write the next ten percent for the next five draws, but each time they write that, or each time you're writing them a check. They're signing a lien release for that specific, you know, job that they were hired to do: plumbing, electrical, roof, whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. Now, have <clears throat> um, have you ever done? I'm sure you have, but what do you prefer? I guess uh, when it comes down to um, you possibly paying, um, like for materials, like you you order it at Home Depot, Lowe's whatever it might be and then you're just paying hourly for the the contractor um we we've done it bundled together yeah we've done it a couple of different ways um we've established a really good relationship with a couple of contractors locally in san diego mm -hmm. um you know one of our contractors we worked with through multiple tens of deals maybe even 50 60 you know deals yeah and after a while, you know, he, he started buying his own and fixing his own and selling his own. So he's turned into a fix and flipper himself. So we slowly started to lose him. We went through a couple, we interviewed some people. And when you're interviewing your contractors, first, you're going to want to make sure to check Better Business Bureau. I mean, go super deep. You know, you're going to want to make sure that this guy has a really good reputation and then he does what he says he's going to do. And don't just take his word for it, right? You, you ask for referrals, ask for his, all of the referrals he's ever, you know, properties ever done. You know, you, you can't really stop him from not giving you the bad ones, right? But uh, you're gonna wanna just do the best you can on your due diligence. Um, so we, at this point, he doesn't do any markups. Uh, we let him do all the ordering because he gets his contractor's discount. So we're okay with that. He'll bring us the receipt and that's what we pay. And then, and then, you know, of course he's going to do his maybe 10% markup on top of the, on, on top of the job, whatever it costs. Right. That's, that's typical. typical yeah. And that's okay. We're okay. We're okay paying that because you know, I'd rather pay him to do that than me going in there and swinging my own hammer. That's not where the most valuable time that I should be spending is right. Yeah. should be closing deals and, and sitting down and getting leads. Right. That's where you know, money generating activity is not swinging a hammer. Yeah. So. Right. Okay, cool. Um, 
So let's just talk for another minute or so about some additional learning curves that maybe you could help any new time listener out there. Um, I know you already covered a, a ton, but uh, anything else that really stands out to you that if you could have done it differently, you would have? Well, if I could have done it differently, well, you know, th there's a reason why I'm here today. Of course. Doing the things I'm doing and it's because of the, because of the path that I took, right? Yep. So would I want to do it differently? Sure, there's a few things I could have done differently. However, I think the biggest thing is to, and especially if you want to accelerate your path to being able to do what you want to do, whatever that might be in life. Mm -hmm. um, but if you wanted to become a, a full-time real estate investor, if you just wanted to, you know, flip a couple houses a year, uh, best thing to do is go, you know, you got to invest in yourself. Now, whether that's personal development or education, you know, I didn't have two nickels to rub together when I got involved and got my education. However, I found a way, right? I, I, over, I overstepped those obstacles. I, I, I burned right through them and I didn't let anything stop me. So take massive action. Um, don't let people tell you you can't do it because they're not you, right? Um, and, and please go get the right education. I'm not talking about the, uh, the guru sales hype, you know, run to the back of the room. I'm not talking about the rich dad, poor dad that could charge up to $100,000 to leave you all by yourself. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. insane. Um, you know, and I'm talking about you know, surrounding yourself with the right people and joining the right community and, uh, you know, getting involved and, and taking action. So, yeah, I love that. That really, you know, I, I like, like you said, I got mine through Renatus and, uh, you know, that by far is absolutely the best thing that I could have ever done. You know, obviously I made my, my tuition back within on my very first deal. I mean, yeah. No brainer. That's one way to get it for free. Yeah. Um, there's several other ways. And, um, you know, it, it's a lifetime membership. Uh, you've got one-on-one -on -one coaching, you've got group coaching, you've got daily calls, weekly calls, you've got a whole community of support. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely the, the best thing you should be doing for yourself. Do it for yourself. Yeah, you know, it, it's so funny that you bring it up because um, I, I actually had uh, Daniel Quack. Um, okay. Yeah, so he, he's over in Chicago, but he was just giving so much credit to that organization because of the, the you know, the, the groundwork pretty much that, that um, the fundamentals that he needed as well as just, you know, everything. To, to help him build up to where he's at today at being, I believe he's just 20, 23 or 24 years old, uh, you know, millionaire now. He, he went yeah. from negative 200 bucks in the bank to, to 76 units. So, you know, it's very encouraging and it's obviously um, ha has helped you as well, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. And, it, you know, it, 72 bucks in the bank, you know, I mean, you might be wondering, how a broke guy working, you know, a job that pays a minimum wage goes from that to make, being a millionaire. Yeah. And it's, it's it actually kind of easy. It's getting the right education, uh, surround yourself with the right people, get a mentor, set goals, yeah. and take massive action. Don't so, let those obstacles get in your way. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it other than, you know, call me and I, I'll, I'll show you more about it for sure. Yeah. Um, the, you know, there's the business side of it. There's, man, I'll tell you about this uh, one class. I learned how I can pay my mortgage off in nine and a half years. I got 28 years left on my mortgage. So there's one class in there 
that I'll be able to pay my mortgage off in nine and a half years. Yeah. It'll save me over $275,000 in mortgage in interest payments and over 20 years of time, right? What a stress relief that is. If you could have your mortgage paid off in less than 10 years yeah. and you don't have a mortgage payment, like how, how much better could life be? Because a lot of people, their, their number one struggle in life is finances. Yeah. If we can eliminate that and you know, show you that path, it's totally worth it. Yeah, right? Changer. That's awesome. Just the tax class alone saved me 20 grand. That, that got it for free. Uh, <laughs> what else? I mean, and we'll show you like, yes, there's a, there's a, there's a cost, but it's a cost to yourself. It's, it's not like you know, there's a cost of the education because I can show you how to get that for free, but you just have to be willing to invest in yourself. Yeah. And, but I can even show you, I can show you how you can actually do that without it actually costing you any money. Mm. So it's pretty cool. I'll even give it to you for free, but all you have to do is hire me as a, as a realtor to help you buy or sell a house or even just refer me to one of your friends and uh, I'll, I'll give you and your friend those classes for free. Those, there's 10 classes in the essentials. Okay. There's 54 in, in the big package, but in the essentials, there's, there's those 10 classes. So. Okay, nice. That's exciting, man. Okay, well, you know, what, what else are you working on right now? I know you got a, a bunch of different things in the fire. Yeah, I mean, right now, current to date, uh, our new construction, um, wholesales, a couple of wholesale deals that we're, we're selling. We're not buying the wholesales, we're selling them. Okay. Uh, and our buy and holds that, uh, in fact, what we're doing right now, and I talked about Mississippi earlier in the program. Uh, what we're doing now is I've got, well, we had, uh, we had quite a bit. We're actually liquidating our current inventory of our, our uh, buy and holds, right? Okay. We've got now, we only have 14 left. They're averaging $43,000. Uh, their average rents are around 750, maybe 800 a month. And the cap rates are about 13% cap rates per house. Okay. Um, you'll be buying with built-in instant equity. We're selling them for around 75 to 80 cents on the dollar. And I don't know if a lot of people know, but you can invest using your IRA as well for passive income. So we've got that in the works. And the reason we're liquidating is because we're uh, transitioning and we want to go heavier on um, the new construction in Missouri. We've got an opportunity to buy 20 acres for $100,000 and turn that into roughly about 40 home sites. Okay. And then we're gonna start building homes that way, potentially even liquidate maybe even half the, uh, half the, the project to another builder. Um, we're not exactly sure where we're going with it yet, but we know it's you know, $100,000 for the land, $100,000 to get it uh, ready, parceled out. So we'd be in it for around $200,000. Uh, we could build these houses, these are a little cheaper. We could start building these houses for uh, I'd say about 190 and they'd sell for about 290. Okay. So if anybody is interested in that as well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it yeah. definitely, it's uh, no brainer, no brainer. And, and you know, there's no way you can, it's almost like a fix and flip here in California, but you're doing it for half the price. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, building something new, you know, that's awesome to really help the neighborhood out. I think that's tremendous. That's really cool. Right. And well, in Kansas City, that's where we're building them. Um, man, like uh, the biggest structure of Amazon is actually being built out there. It's like five square acres of, of uh, infrastructure that it's wow. their main hub of the main warehouse. Yes. It's in the very center of the U.S. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, boy, what else? Oh, so the places that we're building, this is kind of fun. Uh, our builder actually is really good friends with the mayor and the uh, chief of police. 
okay. right there where we're building. So we've talked to the mayor and the mayor wants us to come in and, and help, you know, build out uh, this area. And it's only about 20 minutes uh, north of uh, downtown Kansas City, Missouri. But once you get about 15 or 20 minutes out there, it just feels like, you know, um, farmland. Yeah. But it's, it's, so it's, it's absolutely beautiful place. There's a lot of buildings going up, a lot of uh, commercial buildings going up and they need housing. And that's why he wanted us to come in and start building housing. Nice. You know, some, of these, some of these we're selling before we're even done. You know, we're selling these all cash to in some cases before we're even complete with the house. So it's uh, it's pretty fun. We're having a good time out there. Yeah, that's a that's a great opportunity. It's really cool. So um, yeah, man, that's awesome. So what else? I, I mean, do you do you have anything? Um, you know, what can we do to actually give back to you? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, if you're interested in the San Diego Investment Club, no matter where you're listening from, you can join our mailing list and it's pretty easy. Grab your tech or grab your phone. Hmm. And I want to have you text uh, to this number, right? Okay. So go ahead and uh, get, your, get your phone out and I want you to text uh, 22828 and you're going to text it to SDIC, like San Diego Investment Club, SDIC. Once you do that, you'll join our mailing list. We have deals that we give out, uh, stay current on the market. Um, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of things going on, right? Wednesday events, we have real deal tours on, on Saturdays. Come out and check out one of our live deals and see what's going on. And, and we'll go over the numbers and we'll go over the acquisition strategy and the exit strategy and all these things you know, that, that go into these the, the fix and flips, for example. So yeah. that's one way. Okay. Um, if you're interested at all about, uh, um, you know, getting the right education. All I ask is just call me because, you know, I, I can send you a webinar. I can, we can come to uh, one of our live events. Um, so you can call me at, uh, here's my number, grab a pen, 760-683-4801. And if you call, I have a feeling I might be getting a lot of calls. So if it goes to voicemail, leave a voicemail, but then please just text me, hey, I heard you on Brandon's uh, podcast. This is so-and-so and I'm interested. Give me a call, right? Text me right away as well, because that way I'll respond faster. Or if you want, if you prefer, you can email me at SD, like San Diego, sdinvestments at hotmail.com. Cool. So just reach out, I'm, I'm here to help, right? Yeah, man. We have the privilege of being able to give back through the San Diego Investment Club. And you know, before we were the guys sitting in the audience that go into these clubs. Yeah. Definitely go to your REI clubs as well. And uh, we just have the privilege of being able to take that club over and maintain its credibility. And, and we're in a position where we can give back. So that's why we're here. We're here to help. I love it. And I definitely want to thank you again so, so much for taking your time out of the day to, I know how busy you've been recently and just in general, obviously with all the projects you got going on. So I truly, I mean, it means the world to me that you actually took time to give back and help out some of the listeners. Well, it's my pleasure. I appreciate yeah. it, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Um, okay. Well, with all that being said, this has been another podcast of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott. If you want to reach out to me, my uh, website is uh, brandonelliottinvestments.com. Um, you can email me as well, brandonelliottinvestments at gmail.com. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, you're welcome. Stay yep. busy. Okay. Till next time, guys. God bless. All right. Talk to you soon.
been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.